0: Hi, this is John Ratzenberger, that's right, the same John Ratzenberger that played the part of the very handsome mailman on the TV show Cheers. Now, it's a little known fact that, in my heart, I'm just a country boy. Welcome to the NutriBlends Animal Ag Podcast, where we tell the truth about American agriculture. On this podcast, false rumors are run out of town, misleading marketing gets called out for what it is and you better have good science to back up your claims or you're getting a boot you hear me i'm john ratzenberger coming to you from nashville tennessee beta-glucans have been used in humans and livestock to enhance host protective immunity. Minimizing the impact of disease challenges early on in an animal's life can improve its ability to gain weight faster, increase feed efficiency, and reduce its likelihood to spread disease. Dr. Tom Marsteller received his BS and DVM from Kansas State University. He practiced at the Abilene Animal Hospital in Abilene, Kansas, as a large animal veterinarian for 11 years, with focus in swine consultation services. He has been with Chemin Industries since October 2016. Welcome, Dr. Marsteller. Thank you, John. This podcast will review outcomes from a PERS nursery trial and demonstrate applicability across other species. Time question. What are beta-glucans?
1: Beta-glucans are a very well-researched class of naturally occurring molecules. They're found in major cell wall structural components in both yeast and some bacteria. And really, beta-glucans are just glucose molecules stuck together in varying lengths and level of branching, like starch and cellulose, that affects the solubility and physiological impact of, those, of that glucose molecule.
0: Well, what's the uh, beta-glucan role in animal production?
1: Great question. Their primary role is to alert the animal's immune system to a fungal pathogen. It's, uh, beta-glucans are used both in humans and animals to enhance host protective immunity. Enhancing the host protection is beneficial to the animals that are exposed to stressful conditions and disease challenges. That helps the animals maintain performance through those disease challenges, and it can be beneficial when animals are exposed to stressful conditions as well.
0: What makes Kemin's product, you know, the uh, Alita, different from other beta-glucans on the market?
1: Yeah, Alita is a very highly concentrated and bioavailable source of a beta-glucan. Alita contains greater than 50% linear 1, 3 beta-glucans with no additional structural components. Alita has a small particle size, further increasing its bioavailability to the specific Dectin-1 receptors on the phagocytic cells in the intestinal tract, and the yeast sources of beta-glucans contain highly variable 5 to 25 percent linear 1,3 beta-glucan chains with long 1,6 beta-glucan side chains that can be embedded in that cell wall along with other structural components. So it's quite different than what ELITA is. That reduced bioavailability in the yeast sources of beta-glucans due to that larger particle size and complication around the structural cell wall uh, kind of has a, not as positive impact as what you can get from Alita.
0: Mm. Well, can you describe the, uh, the mode of action of Alita?
1: Yeah, the mode of action of Alita is to prime the innate immune response without fully activating it as to not lose nutrients to immunity instead of growth. By doing this, the animal will be able to more quickly overcome challenges it may face. 1-3 beta-glucans are absorbed through the Peyer's patches in the intestinal tract, which are part of the gut-associated lymphoid tissue. The immune cells recognize the 1-3 beta-glucans through cell receptors on macrophages and natural killer cells. They then engulf the 1-3 beta-glucan and transport them throughout the body and release fragments of 1-3 beta-glucans. That recognition of and ingestion of beta-glucans trigger the release of cytokines and chemokines. Chemokines and cytokines activate other immune cells like T cells and other macrophages and promote their recruitment to the infected site. The activated immune cells target and destroy foreign cells and disease-causing organisms.
0: What did you do when you were younger to get into this vocation? Were you always interested in how things work.
1: Yeah, so the most important thing I saw, John, when I was a little kid is we had this dairy cow that had milk fever. And so a dairy cow with milk fever is down, and she cannot stand up anymore. So it's usually right after calving, right after they've given birth. So this veterinarian was called out. Dad called the local vet. He came out, gave her some calcium in in her jugular vein, and that cow stood up, and I was like, wow, that's amazing. That's pretty cool.
0: Did the, he injected it into the jugular. Yep.
1: And that's what you did back in the day. Now we have nutritionists like Doctor Tyler to make sure they never have milk fever, so that doesn't happen as much as it did in the past. But
0: okay. yep. yeah, always because you know I studied up on like uh, Thomas Edison, Leonardo da Vinci, and sure, but it was all the influences of their younger years that caused them to become who they became. Right. It does it doesn't happen when you're eighteen or twenty four.
1: No, you're pretty young when it you happens, kind of get that. yeah, five, yeah.
0: six years old. Yeah. And which disease challenge models have you looked at that benefits responses from ungida?
1: Yeah, so in ruminants, John, what we've looked at is our greatest concern was to understand how the beta glucan was able to escape that rumen. Because the rumen, of course, is quite a big volume of water and, and a lot of things going on in the ruminant. And we found that over 88% of the beta-glucan was able to escape. So now we're a, we are beginning to look at disease challenge models in ruminants, especially uh, bovine respiratory disease and enteric diseases in the ruminants. In broilers, on the other hand, we've looked at predominantly ne- a necrotic enteritis challenge model. And the addition of Alita in those challenge models looked at reductions in necrotic enteritis lesions and mortality and improvements in feed conversion ratio, body weight gain, and body weight. The most important time to feed at in broilers was during the starter phase to help prime the immune system for that necrotic enteritis challenge. In swine, we've looked at a PERS-positive nursery pig uh, to evaluate its effect.
0: Well, let's dive into the PERS-positive nursery pig study that you just mentioned. Can you tell me more about the, the setup? Certainly. PERS, as you
1: well know, is, is a commonly associated with a lot of secondary bacterial challenge that can negatively impact the animal performance, more so than the PERS by itself. And in commercial settings, PERS is commonly uh, got that secondary bacterial challenge. So the objective of this trial was in a commercial setting to evaluate the benefit of including Alita with and without an antibiotic, in commercial nursery pigs during a natural challenge, PERS challenge, in that commercial nursery.
0: Well, what were some of the key findings from the PERS positive uh, nursery pig study?
1: Yeah, certainly. So first of all, uh, the in-feed antibiotic was very important, giving us significant gain, feed efficiency, and livability of the pig. But then we found the synergistic effect between Alita and the in-feed antibiotic, the in-feed antibiotic in this study was Pumatil, which is an Elanco product, followed by Chlorotetracycline and Denegard. Denegard also being an Elanco product, both used according to label direction. And when we added Alida to the in-feed antibiotic, it led to a final pig pen weight with 22 pigs per pen, and that pen weight was nearly 50 pounds heavier. So, and the morbidity and mortality were also substantially reduced when we had alita on top of the antibiotic in feed. Full-value pigs also increased up to 98.8%. 99% of the pigs uh, were full-value pigs at the end of the nursery when antibiotic and alita were used together.
0: Oh, that's close to 100%.
1: That is very close to 100%, and PERS positive pigs, that's a really awesome number to come with. And the coals were only a quarter of 1%, and mortality was less than 1%, so really good information there. And so finally, the financial impact was estimated to be a $1.12 per pig above the cost to apply. The final pig pin weight, the feed efficiency, and the full-value pig metrics drove that value proposition, giving us an, a return on investment of over 10 to 1.
0: Well, what do you hypothesize was the driver behind the synergistic effect of Alita in, in addition well, to an in-feed antibiotic therapy?
1: Our hypothesis is that the combination of antibiotics limited the negative impact on the immune system while Alita primed the immune system, this allowing for the animals to overcome that secondary bacterial challenge associated with the PERS virus.
0: Well, to ensure success, clean up contaminants and feed in feed and water prior to animal exposure, build up intestinal strength and immunity to reduce leaky gut, and knock out harmful pathogens for healthier, and better-performing livestock and poultry. I'd like to thank Dr. Tom Marstella from Kemmon Industries for joining us today, and I encourage our listeners to tune in next week to see what's on tap in animal agriculture.